0: Pivot with Purpose, a podcast that highlights the unique stories of professionals that pivoted their careers to align with their work lives and personal lives more purposefully and with more joy. Pivot with Purpose is hosted by Megan Hull, a globally accredited career and business coach and creator of the Megan Houle Method.
1: Welcome back to the Pivot with Purpose podcast. I'm your host, Megan Houle. And in this episode, we talk to Paula Maldonado, entrepreneur, activist, design consultant, and CEO of the sustainable women's and men's fashion brand, Dauntless Clothing.
0: Thank you for listening to Pivot With Purpose with host, Megan Hull. You can find out more information about each guest, including full transcripts at pivotwithpurposepodcast.com. And if you'd like to share your own Pivot With Purpose, Click on the share button and add your story to the conversation. Finally, be sure to subscribe and share your comments wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Your support amplifies our voice. And now, this week's episode.
1: Dauntless is a PETA-certified vegan and sustainable ready-to-wear brand with a modern, responsible supply chain founded in 2016 and are the pioneers of sustainable and vegan fashion. Dauntless creates basics that become the staple garments of your wardrobe, and behind that staple garment is a brand story that represents determination, honesty, fair trade, transparency, love, and kindness. Paula's mission is to bring conscious fashion to fashion-forward consumers and change their perception of sustainable fashion. Paula's Dauntless team is made up of amazing women that want to create change and their production artists are women heads of households with their production site located in Bogota, Colombia. Hi Paula, welcome to the Pivot with
2: Purpose podcast. Thank you for joining us today. How are you? Megan, it's so good to hear from you and I'm so excited and thank you for having me.
1: Yeah, well, I know we have a lot of really wonderful things to talk about in your brand and your business and all your pivots and For all of our listeners full-time, just to let them know, you're usually based in Miami, but very special coming to us live from a business trip. You are recording in from Bogota, Colombia. So thanks for taking your time to uh, speak with us across the ocean here. (laughs) Of course. Yeah, excited to talk about Dauntless and all of the things that you're working on, but to ease into the podcast, I always love to dive into something fun. What fun things do you have in store for the brand this season? Any teasers into some new things that
2: you're working on or what you're really excited about? Yes, of course. And it's an honor to tell you my story. So teasers, we just got a second order with Macy's. That's a huge growth for us to be able to sell sustainable fashion in such a large marketplace. We also are in conversations with another big retailer, which is Intel. I cannot mm-hmm. share, but we've had a huge growth thanks to change of consumer behavior, which has given us the advantage to showcase the importance of sustainable fashion and looking forward to see what the future Uh, waits for us. Well, I love fashion so much. I know when we first
1: connected, definitely talking about some of the pieces I love from your collections and could talk forever about fashion, but you have a story to tell. So we want to hear it. So let's dive into it. As a sustainable fashion designer, where did you get your start? Talk to us a little bit about your journey to where you are at this point with Dauntless.
2: Of course. So I actually studied in Parsons programming and I had so many friends that studied fashion. And I saw their late nights production, chaos, and I was like, oh my god, this is not something that would I would ever want to be part of. And now five years later I'm here talking about have founded a, a fashion label. So it's a curious change. I've always been curious of how people dress based on their personality. But basically, in 2015, I was a curate and art director at a luxury commerce where we only sold Royal Warren brands. And in that case, through these Royal Warren brands where royalty actually gave these brands kind of like a certificate of sustainability, craftsmanship, and authenticity. Let's look into this fashion. Let's see if the fashion industry, something like that. And the only brand that I saw was actually Stella McCartney, which was vegan, and Mm -hmm. she had all the responsible modern supply chain, and I'm like, hmm, this is a huge opportunity, business potential, and a niche where I should start and create this brand. I, I've always been an entrepreneur at heart and activist, and why not create a company where I'm able to create a positive impact in consumerism as well as consumers' lifestyle? Mm-hmm. So
1: what would you say you're most proud of career to date? And then we'll dive into Dauntless a little bit further.
2: What's your most proudest moment? I think this year... In January, we grew our team to five people. And just in the first trimester, we actually hit our goal for the revenue of the end of year. So that was a huge kind of turning point for us and for me, myself as a founder, and see that potential that Dauntless has in the marketplace.
1: Sustainability, I mean, it's something that everyone's talking about now more than ever, absolutely. Absolutely what was that driving force behind creating Dauntless? Did you always want your own line?
2: Yes. So I've always wanted my own line. I wanted to launch with basics. So who doesn't own at least, you know, one leather jacket in their closet? Mm-hmm. So why not have that staple garment of their wardrobe be a Dauntless jacket where behind that jacket, you have all these values of determination, sustainability, loving kindness, conscious fashion. So that's one. It, why, what I wanted to portray. And the, also... Another driving force is woman empowerment. I feel Mm -hmm. that success is not gender related. We're an all-woman team, female founded. So it's definitely a a driving force creating this community of self-virtue and sustainability.
1: I'm obsessed with your brand pillars and all about women's empowerment and all that you're doing, even in Bogota, right? Where you have a good amount of women helping you on the supply chain side, like heads of households, right? Like really employing people there in Colombia as well.
2: Yeah, correct. We employ women heads of households. And it's, again, creating this community where we educate about sustainability. And then this is kind of a spread of knowledge and care for our planet and consumerism where they apply this to their communities and within their household as well.
1: Yeah, it's so important across the world. We all have to do our part, right? Why is sustainability something we truly all need to care about when
2: investing in fashion? What are your thoughts around that? It's an obligation as a consumer to really look into and read about a brand or what you're purchasing. It can be beauty. It can be, for example, the detergent. You really have to look into what you're buying. And it's something that we need to change as consumers and apply into our day to day.
1: And we can start small, right? It doesn't have to be like, Clean slate. I'm doing everything all at once, but I agree investing in those things. Maybe the things that you use most often. I think when it comes to fashion, like really investing, like you said, in a leather jacket. I'm obsessed with that vegan blue suede that is no longer available. <laughs> maybe I'll just make a, a special. For we'll me. make I one mean, just for you, Megan. <laughs> oh, see everyone. I'm gonna hold her too, and now we have it in in uh, in audio, <laughs> not in writing, in audio but yeah no it's our responsibility it really really is so i appreciate all that you're doing and it's really cool coming from a very creative and arts driven background what do you think has been the key to your successful pivots as so many listeners and the podcast are really career driven and professionals out there what are some of those successes that you feel like you've really had in pivoting
2: through each job of course so basically one of the main points would be financials i think that For any business, if you understand your financials, your assets, your liability, your revenue, your cash flow, your churn rate, I mean, it's these things that I think that if you understand, it's so much easier to have a longer life in in your business to understand that was a huge career pivot for me to understand those financials and look for that break even look for that success, you look into breaking even when you get there, you're like, okay, wow, this is a real business. And it does Mm -hmm. take time for a lot of businesses to get there. Mm -hmm. So it's normal. But that's a huge career pivot for myself.
1: Well, and for the team that you've built, which congrats for a growing business, five team members, that's pretty big. You don't know what you don't know, right? So you try to surround yourself with those experts (laughs) that can then kind of blend in so what does that team dynamic look like for you? And do you see more growth coming in the future?
2: Yes. So I think that it's an obligation as a CEO and a founder is to be okay to give someone better at something mm-hmm. than you are. Give them that trust and confide that you just hired this amazing person that will help you and help the business so that's something that I think all entrepreneurs struggles that you want to do it all but the person that does it all doesn't do anything really yeah so having this team of such incredible women this morning we had breakfast together and we're laughing about these things that happen with the wi-fi struggling in such an important (laughs) call from this like small things to more personal things so having this family team is just fantastic for me I'm, I'm very appreciative
1: Well, you're certainly creating that positive culture, work culture, culture, value add. Potentially, as you continue to grow your business, I think what draws a lot of people to brands is the people that they work around and knowing that it feels good and you're doing good work and everyone's working together. For the greater good. (laughs) That's what it's all about. I'm so happy to hear all that. And I know you guys are just going to keep crushing it out there. But before we move on to our next session, I always like to put our guests on the spot with a yes or no question. And then we usually go to a break. So, yes or no, for someone looking to launch their own sustainable fashion brand, do you think it's easy to get started? No. All right. Well, we'll talk through that. We will be going to a quick break and we will pick this up when we get back. All right, Paula. So before the break, you said no. So what would you say is the best first step if someone wants to get their brand off the ground, and what are some of those challenges that you see in starting a sustainable brand?
2: Yes. So I think you have to be relevant of what you're creating, not go into the easy route. You can find a non-sustainable fabric cheaper, easier than sourcing of that sustainable fabric that's based on your values. So don't go on the easy route. You have to be relevant. You have to be credible of what you're creating and what you want to sell to your customers and I think really is kind of like Megan you mentioned those pillars don't lose your north don't lose your north keep your values and I think that just makes you relevant and honest and it shows when you're creating something it shows what is behind your brand and I think that's very very important
1: what other resources and or network support would you say are other important things to have as you get your brand started
2: there's so many opportunities, for example, Female Founder Collective by Rebecca minkov which we're part of. It's an amazing community of women helping out and they respond and they help you. There's also great workshops. We just won a contest with WeWork and SoftBank Ooh. of Women of Tomorrow Creating Impact. They offer you these exclusive courses with SoftBank and WeWork and to help you with these resources, being you're just starting off, Dauntless has been in business for five years. So mm-hmm. look for these opportunities. There's just so much free information and opportunity, and you just have to look for it.
1: What's that inspiration behind Dauntless? Love to hear your story. What's the name all about? So I've always
2: been called Bossy. Okay, <laughs> so, that's so okay. like so I'm like okay I think Dauntless defines exactly who I am in all its values and even just the garments that I sell is something that I would want to wear not Mm -hmm. looking for that acceptance of the fashion industry of couture and being all crazy just what would I wear and that's definitely an inspiration Dauntless is about determination fearlessness and I think that's what I want the customer that benefit of, of purchasing feeling good feeling that you're creating consciousness because there's been such great reviews of our brand of this is not only beautiful but it's sustainable start to create a conversation either about sustainability or uh, sustainable fashion or even just about Dauntless. so that's a huge deal for us
1: what do you love most about
2: being an entrepreneur so everybody talks about freedom, but I mean, yeah. we work 24-7. So I don't right, know. Right, you're like, it's not w- w- really. Who's talking about <laughs> that?
1: <laughs> freedom from like a corporate umbrella. <laughs> right, yeah, right.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that I'm guessing you can work anywhere. I think yeah. entrepreneurs, I think it's just this addiction to adrenaline, right? You have these peaks and these lows. You get this amazing peak of success. And for example, signing Macy's or winning We work with SoftBank. And then it's like, oh my God. I have to go into my cash flow, make that happen for the production of Macy's. But then you send the delivery and the whole order and you're just like ecstatic again. So I think it's that mm-hmm. addiction of adrenaline rush of success.
1: Much like what I do here on my coaching side and with recruiting, when you are running your own business, it's the high highs and the low lows. Sometimes we call it the Corona coaster, at least last year. (laughs) Um, My husband's like, oh, what happened today? And then the next day you're like, what in the lottery feeling like it? So, you know, it's just about balancing it. Take the good with the bad. Things will work out. Some things don't. And you just have to just have to roll with it. But what is something you struggle with? And how do you overcome self doubt? What is something you're challenged with? And how do you overcome those days where you're not feeling 100% or second guessing things?
2: Yeah, it's tough. I think overcoming self doubt is quite difficult. The other day I was talking with my boyfriend and his brother and I'm like, if Dauntless just doesn't get where I want it to be in December, I'm just going to close and they're like, can I buy your business? Like, what are you thinking? And it's this moments of self-doubt, then a day later, you're like, of course not. It's not easy. And I think if you build a community, even my own family of employees, they're like, we can do this. Nothing comes easy. No one said it was going to be easy either, even though it's super cliche to say that, but it's true. When you become an entrepreneur, you have that kind of secret goal that you don't tell anyone about. And you just want to get there, but you don't really share it. So that's kind of Mm -hmm. like swimming against the current. You want to get there, Mm -hmm. but it's tough. And I think if you surround yourself again with the support system, I think that's a huge deal.
1: That's true. The network, the support, it's everything. And you said, so Dauntless about five years in, right? Is there anything you would tell your former self five years ago, as you started this journey, anything you would
2: tell yourself or have done differently up to this point? I think I would have gotten a full master in accounting. (laughs) I think that I wouldn't have so many gray hairs. And you would not be calling me for sure. (laughs) (laughs) It's tough, but I think I would say what we were thinking, but then look at yourself now. I'm grateful of of all my hard work and I think that also an entrepreneur you have to kind of have that self value and just saying like look it's been five years I mean you got into Macy's five years later you've gotten all these contests and grants and opportunities five years later it's not something the day after so I think that's good and resilience I think that's something that is great for entrepreneurs and also what I love to share is I want to share my knowledge I want to be the support system of other entrepreneurs, even if it's not someone that I know, but they're willing to reach out. And I think mm-hmm. through LinkedIn and, and your podcast is having this knowledge spread out and support, which is great.
1: I'm sure you'll have a lot of people hopefully looking to connect with you with so many ideas, and a lot of resources that people can tap into, free things. Please, I urge anyone to contact Paula, maybe kindly pick her brain, <laughs> you know, we don't want this <laughs> influx, but I appreciate you sharing that generous offering and you probably do mentor and could be an incredible mentor. What can we expect to see from Dauntless? Anything else as you sort of near the end of this year, new collections of the basics coming out? What
2: are you excited about collection-wise? We are creating this new kind of facelift of Dauntless, which will be launching in 2022, early 2022. And this is something we've been working on this full year and launching an amazing collection, all linen, all sustainable linen in May. And it's the first time we do something like, but we will continue doing our MVPs and hopefully as well as raising our first seed. It's been scary. It's tough. It's not easy yet either also as a female founder, but I think we'll get there. And again, as I mentioned before, I don't think success is uh, true directly to any gender. I want to break those barriers.
1: Well, you are, and you have such a great mission, Brand Pillars, all of the wonderful things you're doing as you continue to grow and expand. Would you be looking to hire and expand on your team in the coming years? So I can stay in touch with you on that. It certainly seems like a very cool group to work with, but any plans to keep building your team as you can as well?
2: Yes. Uh, I think this semester we'll be hiring two people, hopefully three, Mm -hmm. and we're open to anything. Sometimes I see that resume and I'm like, no, no, I just want to meet the person. Mm -hmm. I think. I didn't have the best grades and, and I'm an entrepreneur and I think I have plenty of knowledge. And I'm not saying I'm the smartest person in the world, but I think that it's those things that makes you great.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for saying that. As I know many of our listeners, you have your resume out there and it's a competitive space in our industry in fashion. And so many people are just judged by their resume. It's a piece of paper. Yeah. It's a Get piece of paper. on a phone with someone, talk to someone. The magic is isn't you. Your story is what it is on paper, but you telling it, I think is really what brings you to life. Thank you for that point. So for our listeners, what do you feel like is one piece of sustainable clothing that somebody should invest in? What
2: does everybody need in their closet right now and why? Okay, so I think a faux leather jacket by Dauntless, Mm -hmm. I think it's the staple garment of any customers, you know, Or fashion-forward wardrobe, I think a full leather jacket doesn't especially target a style or race or culture or absolutely anything. I think anyone owns at least one jacket in their wardrobe, like I mentioned Mm
0: -hmm. previously.
2: So let's buy sustainably, I think, a a full leather jacket that's non-seasonable, that's durable and has a long life. I think it's something you should invest in and invest in the brand as well. And, and I think you potentially share the same values as the brand you're, you're buying in. So I think that's great.
1: And I feel like you also have some really cool sneakers. I feel like streetwear sneakers... I mean, always have been hot, but it's kind of the go-to shoe as not many people are wearing heels, <laughs> you know, walking around. So tell us a little bit more about those sneakers because I know they're like a hundred percent sustainable, obviously recycle, like they're pretty special. I love them. Yeah.
2: Thank you. No, they're all certified sustainable, recycled materials, mm-hmm. oiko standard, certified. And it's actually a collaboration with a Swedish brand. They're made in Portugal. But what's great is the tag that we put on is everything that's the shoe represents and it's what it's made of. So being again, fully this transparent and honest company of what you're selling to that consumer and those benefits of what they're investing in and you can find those online as well and they're unisex which we wanted to create again not targeting a a gender question for you and
1: and then we can talk about listeners being able to find you but for someone who is cleaning out their closet or say some of the sustainable fashions you've given it a lot of love it's worn out i mean i try to donate so many clothes i can and it's really like edited down my closet. Oh my gosh, the days of fast fashion. It frightens me to think about where all of that is. Like I know a lot of it went to a good home and donated. I'm thinking with your product and I'm sure it's very long lasting, but if something got really loved, how do people recycle clothing? What are some of the best practices if people are sending on a bunch of things, wanting to donate, can't consign? How do we get more responsible with not having so many sustainable things right now? And then I was thinking for you, something winds up getting really worn out. Can you recycle it? What are some best practices?
2: Yeah, so in our jackets, the care tag actually says if you don't want it, donate, upcycle. You can do so much with a piece of clothing. You can add like stitching, patches, make exchange with a friend. So there's so many opportunities to be sustainable Mm -hmm. as a consumer. But again, if you want something and it's for you and it's totally fine, you know, no one's judging you. But by conscious fashion, by sustainable fashion, look into who's making your clothes. Where are they sourcing their materials? Is it a huge corporate company or is it a small business where this brand wants to create change? I think it's huge as well. When you go into a brand, look into their about. Do they share their team members? Do they show all these pillars and values? And I think that's being a sustainable consumer.
1: Well, like you said, try to upsell, try to recycle, try to share. Be more conscious, everyone. So let's take our step. If there's something you're going to invest in in the next couple of weeks in fashion or summer, take Paula's advice, do your research, buy that one piece or that vegan leather jacket from her brand and know that it makes a huge difference. Where can our listeners find you and shop your collection? And are you on any other platforms? And so excited about Macy's. Where else can we find you and shop?
2: directly through our website at dauntless-clothing.com. At Macy's, we also have a huge market in the UK. You can buy Immaculate Vegan, NEM, tree There's so many. If you buy directly through our website, it's a two to three day delivery with all sustainable packaging as well. Mm-hmm. So you can find us there. If you need any help, you can just contact us directly.
1: Perfect. We'll do all the nice links in your bio through the web. And of course, in the show notes in the podcast, Paula, thank you for coming on the podcast. You are incredibly talented and I'm obsessed with your brand, your vision, your story, your bodysuits, the vegan jackets, <laughs> all the things, but what you're doing for the future of fashion is truly amazing. And I look forward to keeping my eye on you as you continue to grow your business, everyone connect with Paula, check out Dauntless and good luck with all you have going on.
2: It's been a real pleasure, Megan. Thank you so much for the space to talk further about sustainable fashion. And uh, you just have to send me your address to send you that light blue jacket. And then we'll post (laughs) and make everyone jealous.
1: So uh, thank you. You're very kind. And stay tuned, everyone, for more Pivot with Purpose stories to come. Be sure to share this podcast and especially this episode with your network. It is time for another Megan Hull Method takeaway of the week. This week, I wanna talk all about offers as it applies to job offers and why accepting a counteroffer from your current company is never an ideal decision, especially for you long-term. I am gonna have to say, I have a black belt in giving out job offers. I'm not showing you my birthday on my license, but for any math majors out there, I started my very first leadership job at 18 and I've been hiring talent for my former businesses and bringing top talent to my recruiting clients for over 21 years. So I know a little something about how to make an offer work and also the downside that comes from a candidate going into the process of making it all the way to the end of an interview with all the time, with all the commitment it takes to get through each interview step only to decline an offer from a brand and accept a counter offer from your current company. This could potentially turn into an unpopular truth topic as I'm going to be a little bold here. And I know these points may be highly debatable and I'm happy to receive any comments directly after this podcast. So feel free to email me your thoughts around this topic. But here are my three reasons on why you should not take a counteroffer from your current company if you have decided you are looking to leave and invested time in an interview process. First, just please do yourself a favor and do not get into an interview process until you are truly committed to making a move. Actually, go back and listen to episode one through five of this season, where I talk in tips all about your why, your motivations to make a move, and authentically showing up to an interview process. If your pain point is not strong enough where you cannot see yourself having the right motivation to leave your current business, or if you're feeling highly emotional, it is not a good time to start interviewing. Secondly, once you accept a counteroffer, you will most likely be seen for much of the near future as a flight risk. No matter how appreciative your company is about you staying, remember, you staying is not helping you out in the long term, but you are short term helping out your business by not having to take the time to fill your role. Oh, and by the way, if your resignation came as a surprise to your company, now they will perpetually think you're also unhappy. Lastly, it's time to be selfish. If you think for one second your current boss right now gets a call for their dream job and is thinking about you when they're signing on the dotted line, you are wrong, my friend. Do not make someone's life easier by staying in a role that is no longer serving you. Go back to the motivation around why you started interviewing in the first place and stick with that feeling throughout the process. Someone will try to tug at your heartstrings to stay And no company wants to lose good talent, especially in today's market, but take the emotions out of everything and make this move for yourself. And as an extra bonus side note, do not try to intentionally get an offer from another brand to leverage more money from your current company. The motivation behind your why cannot just be all about money. And if it is, give me a call. Let's do a coaching session around that mindset. I hope you found this tip helpful and stay tuned for more Megan Hull tips this season on Pivot with Purpose.
0: Pivot with Purpose with host Megan Hull is a fashion consort production and part of the FC Podcast Network. It is produced and directed by Phil, a.k.a. Corinne. And a special thank you to Spencer Powell for our theme music. Learn more at pivotwithpurposepodcast.com and be sure to follow us on Instagram pivot with purpose underscore podcast.